Hey there, John from Horror Dads here. Thanks for joining us for episode two. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to everybody. Um, so we changed up the format a little bit here. We kind of cover the uh, horror merch as well as some of the stuff we've been looking at and buying in the, in the beginning. And then we head into our episode content of best and worst dads in horror uh, as we get deeper into the episode. Uh, and then we wrap up with a pretty fun game, so stick with us. Uh, I think you'll like it a lot. And then finally, I do make mention to a man named Jared Padalecki in this episode, but I refer to him as Jordan, so please bear with me on that. Made a mistake. Not my fault. Yeah, it's my fault. But please do follow us on Instagram at HorrorDads. Reach out to us via email at HorrorDads at gmail.com. And please, if you have the time, give us a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. It would help us greatly, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode two of Horror Dads. You're joined by your host, John Schuler, and my co-host, Jamie Fabian. James, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? How episode are you? Episode two. Yeah. So thanks to everybody who uh, joined us for episode one. Been yeah, getting thank great you guys feedback. so much for listening. Yep. I, uh, so this is a horror podcast. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wage a friendly bet here with my brother-in-law. And I, we didn't talk about this, so I'm putting him on the spot right here right now. Do you want to do a uh, Super Bowl bet? That's horror-related. I'm confused, but yes. All right, so you you pick your team that you think is going to win. Chiefs. Okay, fine. I'll take the you other team. You know what's funny team. is all week, <clears throat> all week I've been saying 49ers. You put me on the spot, I said Chiefs, so I'm going I'm to stick with it. So you're with Chiefs. I have the 49ers. So if the Chiefs win, that means you win. I have to buy you a Blu-ray that I choose. Oh, I love this, yeah. If the 49ers win... You have to buy me a Blu-ray that you choose. Is it like a prank? No, no. It's a horror. It's a horror Blu-ray. It, if you want it to be a prank, it can be. So I'm not going to buy you like Tammy and the T-Rex. Well, you can. Like it. I might. Is that on Blu-ray? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh, buying. it is. All right. You can buy me Vinegar Tammy and the T-Rex if you'd like. So we thought we'd just jump in and talk. You know, interesting horror news that we've seen uh, in the limelight over the past couple uh, couple weeks here. Um. We saw the Thing adaptation, Blumhouse, I guess, Universal and Blumhouse developing new version potentially. Man, it's in talks, yeah. I was just confused in reading it. Like they said, it was in reference to this long lost book that Jack Finney wrote, and I, I mean, like I have a copy of that book. I didn't realize it was long lost. <laughs> so maybe I own something very unique and special. <laughs> um, so that's super exciting for both. I don't want to speak for Jamie, but for me, that's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. So, And then also one of my favorites, The Lost Boys, CW, our favorite network. Mm. Uh, the CW is looking, I guess, to... They've, I, 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 it appears they've been trying uh, to get a, you know, uh, their hooks in to get a Lost Boys TV series going on. So, I... I I don't know. I don't know what to say, really. Mixed feelings about it. Like, yeah. I'd, we'd rather have a show about Lost Boys than not. I'd rather the CW not do it, but if someone's going to do it, then do it. Like, I would love to see it. Yeah, I mean, the CW has its moments, I guess. Um, it has its audience. You know, I was very uh, skeptical of the Scream series. And I was too. And I love you, it now. You texted me, I don't you're like, hey, did you get say. in there? <laughs> I, I was like, no, so. no. Yeah. 
different network, I know, but same type of fan base, same type of uh, yeah. format. So, but yeah, no, I, you give me Lost Boys, I'm going to watch it regardless. I'll give it at least an episode, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What else was on the CW? What was that show you liked, The Summer Camp? Um, Dead of Summer. <laughs> was that CW? It was. Wasn't I it? think so. Uh, I read I hated that Steve show. Miner. Uh, Steve, the Steve Miner credit hooked you in, and yeah. I guarantee he doesn't. I even bought know. it. I, I bet <laughs> I he has no idea what that 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 even exists. Yeah. Well, worth a shot, I guess. Um, so in the background too, we've been uh, working hard on setting up some interviews with some you know industry related folks. You know, we don't have any credential other than just being rabid fans, I guess. Uh, so it's uh, looking like we got a couple really great people queued up. So. Um, more to come please 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 follow us yeah on instagram at horror dads we'll we'll uh make sure we post any information as soon as we get firm commitments uh and and topics and things like that so very excited about that keep an eye out yep uh so we thought we'd start this go around with um i guess a couple segments we ended the last show with but uh jamie what are you wearing buddy well this week buddy i'm wearing uh my, I'm actually wearing my Cavity Colors Evil Ed hoodie. Favorite piece of clothing I own is it, that. It's just undoubtedly my favorite. It's worn to, uh, it's like a piece of toilet paper that I wear now with a hood. Because <laughs> uh, it's been washed so many times. <laughs> but uh, I'm underneath that is my Ghoulish Gary Friday the 13th oh, three, 3D, yeah, 3D logo. Yeah. That's a good it's one. one of my most favorite shirts. I've got a throwback on today. It's the... Uh... Uh, Cavity Colors Chud shirt. I think you have you have the poster of this, right? I, I do have that print, and in it is bathroom. much more colorful than that faded-ass shirt. Yeah. We need a reprint, Aaron. Yeah. Love this shirt. Love this shirt. Um, John was actually wearing this shirt. We went to Richmond, Virginia oh, yeah, for, for his bachelor, bachelor party. <clears throat> and uh, we went to... We just wanted to find a restaurant. We found this spot that had a sign outside. And it was it, like chud omelets or something, and yeah, I was like, "What the hell? It can't be chud. chud." And you were wearing this chud T-shirt. We were, I think, we were all hugging, and and then we got in there, and the guy working behind the desk was like, "Oh, you have a chud shirt." He was totally like non-committal could, about it. Didn't give less. a shit. Yeah. yeah, felt good to us though. I think you tried to high five him, and he just yeah. It's like, oh, what do you want on your eggs, bud? What's your order, bud? Yeah, yeah. Let's get rolling here. <laughs> Anything you've seen, um, collection-wise, being released over the past couple weeks that's piqued your interest? You know what? I want that Edge of the Axe. Oh, yeah. I should have pre-ordered and I didn't. And the price jacked up like seven. I think it was like twenty-eight bucks pre-order. Yeah, supply and demand here. I didn't do it. We're almost sold out. It's now thirty-five bucks. It's like oh, yeah, just a little bit too rich. What about merch-wise? You've seen anything? Um, Gutter Garbs has that uh, Demon Knight T-shirt. Have oh, you yeah. seen this? The reprint. No, it's beautiful. It's green. Uh, green Garbs logo is with great. the black. Yeah, I love Gutter Garbs. Yeah. yeah. And then that Slumber Party Massacre. We'll probably mention Cavity Colors, Colors every, yeah. every show. But, <laughs> the Slumber uh, Party Massacre collection is amazing looking. Yeah, uh, Devin so Jones good. did that as well. What do you What do you got there, buddy? You picked up any books? Yeah, I, I picked up a new book. Took the family yesterday to uh, Barnes and Noble, and uh, was reading this in the kids section, and got some weird looks from parents. But um, my wife wandered away, came back with the Science of Monsters. So it's actually a book that's been authored by two podcasters that have a podcast called uh, Horror Rewind, which I haven't checked out yet, but I will. I have not either yet. Yeah, so... That's uh, cool, man. Meg Haftall and Kelly Florence are the, the authors, and I guess they're the podcast hosts as well. Meg and Kelly? 
Meg and, and Kelly, yes. Uh, so super pumped to check this out. Yeah, and, it's exciting. Uh, I'll have to borrow that after you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I think we're both working we through both it. started the uh, Walking Dead series, right? Yes. Rise uh, of the Governor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Book-wise, um, been reading that, and I've been actually watching through the, the shows, too. So Robert Kirkman and Jay Boninsinga? Yep. A little, little potential preamble for some stuff, uh, episode topics that are coming up, so very excited about that. Um, and I also ordered last night while I was with you... Um, you know, sometimes you have one too many white claws and then start shopping. So I, uh, I bought <laughs> that Friday Thirteenth. The drunk shopping. <laughs> yeah, that that box set for Blu-ray. It's just my favorite series. Which one? I, the Friday Thirteenth. Oh yeah, that. Because I just been, have. Like, I've been telling you to get this box set. I have these random. Twenty-five bucks yeah, or something. For, I know. For all eight. Well, right? I did it. So it goes through Manhattan, right? I think. Yeah. We'll see when it gets here. Um, Could have stopped at New Blood, if you ask me. <laughs> I, I do love well, that. Re- I love parts. Yeah. I do love that remake though. That uh, the one with Jordan Padalecki. Is is that in that collection? No, no, no. So, yeah. But if they stopped at New Blood, I guess is my point. Um, family antic. How are the kids, man? Anything funny happened recently? The kids are great. Uh, you know, I don't have too many stories because I try to keep them uh, yeah. insulated from too much of the horror. Yeah. But uh, the two-year-old, my six-year-old, was gone the last weekend. And the two-year-old woke up right about the time I was watching Friday the 13th Part 6. Brought him down to uh, give him his morning diaper change. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I figured, you know what, I'm just going to leave this on. Pretty mild part. And he could not have been more into it, man. Um, you know, the music had him pumped. I think he's going to be my little horror lover for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's how my little one is too. But Jason showed up. It was a pretty mild kill. Uh, you know, I don't even think there was any blood in this kill, so... I don't remember her name, so I don't want to go into too much depth, but yeah. he reaches through the window. You got away with one. <laughs> and uh, he was, dude, he was so pumped. Like the little jump scare there where the uh, window closes. I think he made an audible shriek. Yeah. Ah! yeah. He just loved it. So Good. I'm excited to see. I think he's going to be the one that digs horror. Um, yeah, my I, oldest is like, nah. I feel that way about Luna, too. Um, so my. <laughs> My family antic here is that Luna has changed her laugh over the past couple of weeks for some reason, unbeknownst to me. Tell the listeners, how old is Luna? So she's two. Yeah. Um, Our kids are right about that same age. Yeah. So she's two and has changed her laugh, but now, like, her laugh is dead ringer, the same laugh that Corey Feldman has in The Burbs. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) What are you just saying? This is how she laughs Yeah, that's just how she laughs now. And like she'll be watching TV, and I'll hear it coming out from the other room. I just I'm I'm happy to hear it because I love the Burbs so much. It's one of my favorite movies. It's hilarious, but I could see that getting old fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's also one of those things like like Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> laugh almost too. Yeah. Where did this come from? Why did it start? Um. All right. So episode two here. What are we talking about today, buddy? Uh, we are going to talk about good dads and bad dads, right? Best and Our worst. Favorite, yeah. The in best the horror worst. genre. And, and this is uh, by no means a comprehensive no. list. It's just uh, a list of the some of our favorites, favorite good dads, favorite bad dads. There's, of course, many that we wanted to add, right? Yeah. And I think most of what we cover and how we cover it really is going to be linked to, this is just our opinion. Again, we have zero credential. We're just horror lovers. We want to have fun with this. We hope you guys have fun with this. And if you have you know, comments or just just 
we, we're just trying to have fun. So uh, that's the idea behind this. Yeah, so. don't take us too seriously, yeah. please. All right, so why don't you go ahead and start, man? Who, let's start with... Uh, so we have a few best dads and a few worst dads. Jamie has some selections. I have some selections. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, let Jamie start to cover his his number one, or his his first best dad in horror. Yeah, these are in no particular order. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with 2001's Frailty, uh, directed by Bill Paxton, starring Bill Paxton. Wait, he directed it? Yes, he did. Bill his Paxton. first direct his directorial debut and it's a doozy Coconut have you seen this no I, I have not, i've never I, i've actually never seen this movie and i assume uh a lot of people are in that boat i feel like a lot of people i talk to haven't seen frailty um i think one issue is a lot of people don't maybe they don't realize it's horror um yeah i didn't and you, i don't have stars so i couldn't stream it when you were talking about it so it seems like it was almost marketed more as just a thriller which it's in definitely a thriller but it's Absolutely got horror elements. Um, this is a movie about a <clears throat> a father with two kids. I'm not sure what happened to the mother. I don't know that they touch on it. Um, living in Texas, I assume. Pretty sure it's Texas. Either way. Um, he wakes up one night, wakes the kids up in the middle of the night. You know, it, it's a normal family. It's just a, a working class dad. He's a mechanic. Yeah. He's got these two kids uh, making, doing his best to make ends meet. He wakes his kids up one night, middle of the night, I assume 2 to 3 a.m., says, uh, boys, I got to tell you, I had a dream from God. He spoke to me, told me uh, there are demons in this world that I need to kill. Oh, all right. Pretty much designates him as a demon hunter. And these demons are going to look exactly like humans. You're not going to know they're demons until God reveals their true form to him. Ooh. And the boys are supposedly supposed to be counterparts in this endeavor so get your weapons kids how, th- how old are these kids um they are i believe their ages were like eight and 13 don't okay. quote me on this so they're, but they're like they're three younger, to four yeah. years apart yep you got the younger son um adam and then the older son fenton which is we see uh current day matthew mcconaughey one of those movies where we kind of flash back got it um so that's pretty much the point of this movie now where this gets dicey is i <sighs> You could put this dad, I'm going to try to go spoiler free on this one, uh, but you could put this dad realistically in each category, each category yeah. maybe, depending on who you talk to, depending on how they look at the movie. I'm going to go bad because whether you want to believe his story or not, I don't believe his kids should have been involved in this. If you okay. want to kill demons, buddy, go fucking kill him. <laughs> Keep the kids out of it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, along the way in this movie, he... Uh, <clears throat> He says that God's going to give him weapons. Uh, show him where these weapons are. Once he gets his weapons, he can start his killing. He shows him a... Uh, he's driving down the road, sees a sunbeam leading to a barn, goes into the barn. There's an axe that has the words the word Otis on the handle. Oh, God. That word is a point of contention among fans of the film. Uh, you know, what it means. Some people say... You never do find out the dad's real name. Uh, so some people have said maybe that's his name. So you get an axe and a pair of gloves. When he uh, takes the gloves off and touches the human, he sees their evil deeds. Oh, so it's almost like they live. Like, all right, I see you for what you are. Once you put the glasses on, you see... Exactly right. Once you take those gloves off, you touch the human. uh, You see the demonic acts that they have uh, done. 
And then he kills him with the magic weapon. Says God's going to protect him. Kills or does not kill, I would imagine, right? Like, Or does he... Oh, he kills him. Oh. They so are... he doesn't ever touch anyone and say like, Oh, no, you're good. Sorry for the no, disturbance. He... I'm going to left this out. God gave him a list. Oh, okay. He gets a list. So he knows who he needs to go to. Always good to have a list. These guys are absolutely demons. Um, my favorite part of this movie has to be uh, the youngest son. So the two kids don't agree on this. Uh, the older son, Fenton, who is Matthew McConaughey in the you know current day, um, he's like, "This is, this is bullshit, Dad. You know, you made this, you made this up for sure." Uh, the youngest son is totally on board, uh, buys it, claims that he sees it, comes home one day with a name, says, "Dad, I got a name for your list." Um, his name is Travis, and the dad says, "Isn't that Travis kid the one that's been giving you that's trouble giving in school?" You shit at school. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and he says, "Yep, he's a demon." I just love that. Um, you know the the whole prospect of that. Any funny quotes from this movie? That that's it for me. That was my quote. Yep. Yep. All right. Good. Good pick. I, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Um, well, if you guys haven't seen Frailty, 100, percent you yeah. gotta watch. It's currently streaming on Stars. If you have Stars. I do the Amazon uh, plug-in. Yeah. We'll add-on. Yeah. But not, yeah, look Not being up. compensated by Amazon, but be nice. <laughs> um, all right, good pick. All right, so I'm going uh, Bad Dad number one, The Stepfather. Oh, I love this movie, man. 1987, uh, directed by Joseph Rubin. So I think <laughs> this movie's great. I just, we just... I know we both found it around the same around the same time, um, you know, over the past. Uh, I don't know. I'd say two two years. I revisited it. Right, I had seen yeah. this as a kid. Oh, you um, had. I saw it for the first time two years ago. I yeah. didn't see the whole thing. I saw parts of it. You know, as a young kid, when I yep, I think I knew that this was not something I should be watching. Yep. So so Terry O'Quinn is our uh, actor here. He and he's great, man. Like he he's amazing. He is the movie pretty much in everything. Yeah, yeah. But, like he's the movie. I really don't think this movie's all that well written, but he acts the shit out of it. Like he's <laughs> right. he's he's great. Uh, so his character's name is Jerry Blake. Oh, this could have been uh, shitty B movie territory. Oh had yeah, it not been Terry O'Quinn. No, he, absolutely. He definitely elevated it to a new a new level. Um, so just in general, you know, the premise of this movie: man marries a widow, always has a teenage daughter, um, and then he ends up murdering the entire family after it reaches a certain boiling point essentially so and he um, does this multiple times yeah so the so the, the movie starts off we've got terry o'quinn in the bathroom covered in blood like and he looks ridiculous like he looks like does he have the facial hair still yeah oh he yeah. looks he's got like bushy hair these weird ass glasses, <laughs> oh, the glasses on yeah. and then he gets in the shower and they immediately show dad dick like instantly like first scene of the movie Done. Oh Look, no, I forgot about that. There's some dead. Yeah. So it's this is the only movie that has that. Um, <laughs> but that whole that whole opening sequence, he you know he's like changing his appearance. That's the premise. Is he's like sure. just on this bad deed, changing his appearance, Shaving, and you can tell like oh what's going on here? You know something no, sinister what the happened. Fuck am I watching? Yeah. And then he walks downstairs and everyone's dead and it's real haunting. And dude, that scene is one of the the teddy bear next the one to the I saw girl. As the kid, oh yeah. god. I'm going to avoid this until I'm older. That, that, that scene is haunting. Very, very and haunting. It, it sets a stage for like, okay, because that happens, what, like you said, in like the first three minutes probably. Yeah. So you go like, 
okay, I'm about to take a ride because this. And then he walks up that street, starts. and it's like it's the street looks yeah, he's like, like it's whistling from fucking Dixie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, and it's like Haddonfield, Illinois. Dude, he's walking so that out. shot, amazing, so much yeah. like Halloween, or um, even that opening scene of uh, of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two when yeah. the school buses come down. Totally that agree. Same, yep. same sort of like very straight line um, mm. suburban street. Yeah. I was smiling at that, even though I had just seen this <laughs> this picture of actual horror. Yeah. I was smiling, when, you know, once you see him walking down that street. Love that. So he's so great in this, and he his his relationship and interaction, like with the the wife, that's the the focus of the actual movie, and the the daughter um, that he you know kind of tries like tries so hard to create a relationship with, and it's just it's something I hope that we never have to deal with with our kids, but. Uh, he does try so hard, and she's just not having it. She's oh. the typical stepdaughter, like teenage stepdaughter, like you know what, fuck you. Yeah, just like hates the You're idea not of my him. Dad. And then, so the scene that really I think is impactful, where you realize, like, oh my god, like this, this is this is serious, <laughs> is when he goes in the basement. They're having that party, and he does that toast, and oh, everyone's dude, like gathered around. Scene, yeah, like that is a suburban neighbor. We both live in suburbs. Oh, that is yeah. that is a standard suburban. One hundred percent set. Uh, block party picnic you have to go to exactly like oh yeah. god yep so maybe I am that stepfather because I'd probably <laughs> probably be in that basement as well so when, yeah when he he's doing that and then he goes down in the basement and he's like going through that tirade and he's just like yelling at himself <sighs> right and she's down there and then he sees her and he's like oh sorry pumpkin just blown off a little oh steam. he has no idea she's been yeah. down there right that's that's a great scene very haunting um the big reveal like alright this guy's goddamn lunatic yeah, and then also when when she the when the daughter is uh, so she has this relationship uh, that not relationship relationship but she has a very positive like father daughter relationship with the the psychiatrist that she goes to right and he's like oh let me talk to your uh, stepdad for you and he's like running recon he like schedules a tour to see a house just so he can oh, talk to right yeah but when when Terry o the the back and forth of that scene when Terry O'Quinn starts to realize like oh something's up here and he kills him like oh that that whole the set of that scene, scene yeah. yeah very good that movie's made of many different amazing scenes yeah so my final scene I'll, I'll reference here is this totally going to be me but when, <laughs> when she gets home and she's like going on that weird like Vespa ride with that, that nerdy kid that she likes <laughs> And uh, she gets home, and he, they they kiss on the doorstep or whatever, and he rips the door open, right? And he starts yelling at him, and then the mom comes up. She's like, "What's going on here?" He's like, "This boy's trying to rape our daughter," <laughs> and she's like, "He's just kissing." Oh, totally, totally gonna be me. Um, I love that scene too. So that that's a great scene and a great great quote that he he has there. And then also the quote I really really like is at the end. It's very very scary though when he says. He's like talking to the wife. This is after he went and quit his job, and like he's looking for his exit strategy, and he knows he's gonna be, you know, family, family uh, annihilator. Uh, and he he's talking to her, and he he slips up, and she's she's like, "What'd you say?" And he's like, "Wait, who am I here?" Um, and then she tells him, "Jerry, you're scaring me." He's like, "Oh, Jerry Bra or Jerry Blake? That's right. That oh, right. that yep. whole scene when it like comes to fruition, comes to a head is is really cool. It also kind of lets you know like this guy is just nuts. Just nuts." Um, but yeah, that's my, my first, uh, bad dad. So, you know, I've always wondered what that is. <clears throat> Do you think if they never found out who he was, like, could he have just been a happy dad, a happy stepfather? Like, would we have a stepfather two and three? No. And by the way, two is good. Uh, two is, two is great. Yeah. 
definitely worth a watch. But I, I don't think. I think three is awful. His model is just for like TV with yeah. He's a guy that's not Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, he's not right. right. But two is so good. It yeah. keeps it going. For sure. Oh, I th- that movie's great. How about uh, the remake? You ever seen the remake? No, but I did hear my sister say to us the other night when we were watching Sinister at your house uh, that she was like, "Oh, uh, I love the stepfather." Came out a couple years ago with Penn Badgley or whatever that guy's name is. I'll never know. Yeah. So, with haven't da- seen the with remake. The dad from Nip Tuck, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, moving along. Yeah. So we're going first. Good dad. It's Lewis Creed. From 1989's Pet Cemetery. Good pick. Um, I, I think everybody's familiar with this film. I don't know that I have to go through it too much. Uh, but, you know, he's a dad that moves to the country. Uh, they move to Maine. They meet the neighbor Judd, who's amazing. One uh, of the best. Love right? Judd. He's just one of the best. Um, they find out they have a trail that leads to a pet cemetery. Uh, they bury the cat there. The son dies in the most tragic way. He gets hit by a literally uh, like your worst fear as a parent is, is losing a kid in that. general. And it's sad because it almost happens early on. He doesn't learn from it. They're flying the kite. Oh, stay on the road there. Don't go near the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair, fair by on a spell there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Anyways, you know we all know what happens to little Gage. Uh, he makes the poor choice. Even though Judd warns him not to, he makes a poor choice to uh, bury Gage in the pet cemetery. Against and, Judd's suggestions. And, and to be honest, I think that's part of why he's a good dad. I know this is a controversial choice. Some people think Lewis is a bad dad. I think he's a great dad. I think um, I would be tempted to do the same thing. Um, you know, it's not only for me, it's for my wife that's hurting, that's you know, yeah. blaming me, that's sad, that um, just all those emotions. And I feel like I almost would have no choice if this is an option to take it. What about best father-in-laws? Do you do you like uh, his wife's oh my his wife's God. father? So at, at Gage's funeral, of course, this is probably my one of my favorite lines of uh, the movie as well. Is you know everybody's grieving, they're at the casket, and what does the father-in-law choose to do? He chooses to attack Lewis, uh, you know, with his words and says, uh, "You stinking shit! You killer of children!" And it's like God, it's damn, dramatic like, as it gets. Say yeah. some say something like that to somebody at their kid's funeral is. Oh man, it's heart wrenching. Uh, but um, and then you know he has to make the ultimate sacrifice and kill him. Fills him up with the uh, the drugs there at the end. Yeah. Um, and then what? Oh, what does he choose to do? Staggering away, and he's like, "No fair, no oh, fair, gosh. no fair." That oh, that, that whole scene when he jumps that out end, of yeah, when he's running around and he's got the scalpel, and he when he gets Judd on the I want to play with you, um, mommy. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he jumps so, out of the attic. Ugh. The moment I would say he turns from good dad to bad dad would probably be. Yeah. Well, he goes crazy at the end. I mean, so I get the I I get the bearing of the son. Okay. It's like, all right, you're grieving. This is a horrifying pain that no one ever wants to deal with. Who knows how you're gonna act. What I don't get is after that goes so horribly wrong, I'm gonna put my wife in there now. Like, you know what? And Victor even tells him, like, don't listen, bud. Don't fucking do Look, it. Look, I've been your phantasm guide through yeah. this shit ride you've been on. However, I'm uh, hopping off the train if you do get this. Get off the train and don't, please don't do this. Then he does it. Well, in all fairness, he thinks maybe I waited too long with Gage. 
<laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I mean, but... Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's where he goes to psycho. But, but that's where he goes... His dad time is done now. Yeah. Well, he's still got the daughter, but that's fine. She... Uh, good however, dad. Yeah. Good dad. I say good dad. Good dad that if could be... If you say bad dad, let us know. Well, I don't have him on my bad dad list, so... Good pick, though. Good movie. Good pick. So, my first... First good dad is the uh, the dad in Insidious. So, 2010, Insidious. Oh, Patrick Wilson. Yep. Great dad. Directed by James Wan. So, Patrick Wilson uh, stars as uh, Josh Lambert as the father. So, I I had not seen this movie since we lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. I realized, uh, the other night as, as I was watching this. And funny, another family antic here. So, I'm sitting there watching this, and... I don't know, I watch a zillion horror movies a week, right? So it starts to kick in. I'm out on the porch watching this, and then I'm just, like, chilling, haunting. And I walked in to Brittany, and I was like, uh, hey, do you, you want to watch Insidious with me? And she was like, nope, I'm reading. Uh, going to bed, why? And I was like, no, just come out. Just come out and watch it with me, please. Please, please come out. And she's like, are you, are you scared? And I was like, yes. This movie is actually terrifying. So great movie. You know, family... Uh, essentially just kind of looking to prevent these spirits from from trapping their uh their son in this other world called uh the further i think so it's very reminiscent of what would become stranger things uh later in life um but this is in the the family of you know the conjuring insidious uh sinister i think they're all coupled sort of in that same time frame that like early 2010 time frame and made a resurgence almost that yeah like haunted house spawned by the amityville lineage remake. i think because yeah. the conjuring kind of sparked that but these offshoots are great um really really enjoy this film uh so the honesty of their relationship so um i think rose Byrne is the wife in this and she's I so love her she's yeah. so pretty she's like and so such a great yeah. actress and she honestly really she I, she looks like Brittany. I, I was shocked as bit, I was yeah. watching this. Um, she's she's beautiful, super talented. Um, but when he comes home, like so, they just move into this new house and it's chaotic. And you know we've both been through a lot of moves, so we can empathize with this as as parents. But you know, like as as the the one that was working at the time, like I would go to work and come back and I would have very comparable things where it's like, Oh, this is stressful that she's had to be here and like unpack the house. Oh, right. Yeah. And he, like, he's a teacher, he goes to work and he comes back and that scene where they're like, uh, just like post move, he comes home and he's like trying to be super positive And she's like, clearly had a tough day and she's very grumpy and they have like this banter that isn't banter and the kids are ignorant to it. And like, it's just, it's fantastic. Uh, the way that the the framework is sort of like set up in the relationship super honest super accurate um so the baby monitor scene when she's playing piano uh and she hears the crackling on the baby monitor and she oh and she goes upstairs and that thing is standing over the top of the crib again oh my god worst yeah. nightmare as a parent so scared. That was the scene that happened where I was that's when I was like hey Brittany you want to come watch yeah, this with some, me please I need some company yeah. oh great scene and then the gas mask scene with Lin Shay when she's, uh, you know, communicating oh, to the man, other dude and he's writing scene. as quickly as he can. Um, but 
but I feel like uh, he's a good dad because he, you know, obviously agrees to go into the further, and you have to you have to consider the idea of if you're in that position, you're a dad, you're a practical person, and someone says, hey, not only do you have to ascribe to this idea that your son is in an alternate universe, but you got to go in there and you have to like buy into all of this. Oh, and also you were in the same position as the son when as you a were kid, a child, yeah. Right. So, I think that that is what really makes yeah, him. Yeah, drop the bombshell on him and then yeah, hey, here, head on in there, bud. Here's all this shit you need to digest. Also, get in there and save your kid. Um, but when he goes into the further to get him out, to get the kid out, and there's that like wax family almost yeah. sitting around the fireplace, terrifying with the smiling. Oh, yeah, and he leaves and comes back, and they're in different positions. Oh my god. That whole Nightmare further, fuel, man. yeah, and when he goes in and that like devil creature, like when he finally finds his son, they're reunited, and he's like, "Hey, no, he's looking down here," and he's like working up there, oh, because the whole like the whole uh, photography of all that is like very dim and dull and muted and dark, and then, then he goes into that place him. and it's just like bright that bright devil creature and all that intensity. It's like whoa, this really flipped quickly. Um. So, <laughs> quotes up for, quotes from this. Those Tucker and Specs characters are great. Those guys that come in. Oh, they're my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the one, the one so guy. Much like the two dudes in Poltergeist. Yeah, and the two guys in uh, Conjuring later. Right. right. Yep. Um, but he says a picture's worth a thousand words. <laughs> the guy goes, words are worth a thousand words too. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, great film. Very scary. Really enjoy it. Good pick, man. So, I'm gonna go. Let's with, go back to bad dads. Oh, this dad is a despicable prick. Uh, it's from Halloween Six, The yeah. Curse of Michael Myers from 1995, which we have on in the room with us right now. Yeah, we forgot to mention that the movie we're watching today is The Curse of Michael Myers, which the the name of this movie was actually a joke. Uh, in production, they said, let's call this the, you know, the curse of Michael Myers is a joke because everything that could go wrong while filming was going wrong. Uh, they ended up actually sticking with the name. Um, originally, it was going to be Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers. Because it's I found the to be pretty interesting. In Correct. the franchise, yeah. Um, also, there's the whole Cult of Thorn thing going on. So the 666 uh, kind of tied into that, the devil worshipping. Yeah, that symbol. Exactly. So the dad that we're that's in discussion here is uh, John Strode, <laughs> yeah. and curly-headed uh, Irishman. <laughs> right, he's Cara's dad, and she is the final girl in this movie. Yep. Um, so he is. I mean, this dad is an absolute asshole. He's a chubby, curly-headed prick. Um, my favorite scene in this movie actually is like. So the beginning of this movie is essentially Jamie Lloyd running around trying to hide her baby um i i always skip the beginning of this movie the the baby crying and her yelling is always just like so annoying to me so i'm always like all right let's just it's just like sad, like sad click it right yeah. to haddonfield here um so i always go right to the scene where um you see the michael myers sign in the yard yep and this this shitty dad is out here for some reason with an axe and a bathrobe in his sign. underwear yeah <laughs> bathrobe underwear axe Chopping down this sign when you easily could just pull it out, right? Um, so uh, he goes in. He, 
Oh, what's he say? He says, uh, he's chopping down the sign. He says, enough of this Michael Myers bullshit. Yeah. It's, 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 Michael it's just it's Myers the best bullshit. Yeah, and, like, and and they, with each hack. They cut to that scene of uh, the neighborhood yeah. where for some reason everyone's trick-or-treating at 7 a.m. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, what in the hell is happening here? Why are they trick-or-treating at 7 a.m.? I mean, I'll take it. There's a continuity yeah. issue there. Well, But I love that scene. You know, you get the Haddonfield uh, drop right there. Yep. Uh, but he goes in. Uh, they have the breakfast table and the breakfast scene where everyone's sitting around. Uh, the brother brings in that disgusting power energy drink. Oh, that brother. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, when, when he's like, I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Beavis and Butthead. Well, I, yeah. That's a great movie. Uh, but the, um, Cara has a kid and she is apparently back from college or back from somewhere. We, we don't really know where she's back from. But she's in college. Yeah, they lead it, lead you to believe based off how that shit dad's acting that like she left to go to the circus and come home or something. Like, yeah, like he makes it's obviously a, not that, but right. And so he makes a couple really just you know despicable comments to her, such as um, he says, uh, "You think going to college is going to make up for your mistakes, girl?" Yeah. So apparently she had the baby out of wedlock. Yeah. They weren't pleased. Um, so then he slaps the shit out of her at some point. At breakfast. Yeah, right, yeah and right the kid's like breakfast. holding the knife. Yep. His death is good, though. Because if you watch a producer's cut, Michael Myers is out in the yard telling him to kill. <laughs> With the bad voiceover. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. terrible voiceover. <laughs> kill for me. Yeah. Uh, so after that, it, you just know that this guy's a total piece of shit dad. Yep. Um, he treats his not only does he treat the kids like shit he treats his wife like shit who is basically she's mousy and annoying but that is old maid like she came <laughs> off an old maid card <laughs> I feel so bad her death is you know and that scene is great like hers I love it and man. then his is also really good when she comes up and realizes the axe is no longer in the bin yeah that whole yeah that whole scene is good but this this asshole moved uh, the family into Michael Myers' old house because his brother uh, obviously could not sell the house. Cheap real estate. Cheap real estate, exactly. So he moves his family into a serial killer's house. Uh, the wife is just dismayed when she finds this out after the amazing scene with Dr. Loomis who comes in and tells her, you know, where they're living. Yeah. Uh, so John Strode comes... <laughs> oh, dude. So John Strode comes home, uh, finds his wife... Well, he finds her clothes down in the washing machine. Yeah, it's really banging around. And, and he gets just fucking crowbarred through to the fuse box, uh, electrocuted. I love that scene. I love, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, it's finally you're gratified. the payoff. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're pleased. He's just a shit. He comes in the house. He says, oh, I know. It's the it's the boogeyman. Yeah. He's like, you oh, know, I guess he didn't make dinner. Are, like, he has, he's just a chauvinist douche. Oh, he yeah. just said, oh, she finally left. Yeah. Oh. Well, good end for him. It was the best. Uh, a couple things I noticed in this movie is uh, at that beginning there, after the uh, sign gets chopped down, they do a scene of the front yard, and it is the junkiest ass front yard you've ever seen. Yeah. Go back and rewatch this. It is like. I mean, the uh, whole house know, is like trash. He's got a uh, truck bed that's just. It's just <laughs> the truck bed. There's no nothing attached, and it's got just junk and rolls of carpet and pieces of scrap in it. Um. 
So you just know that it's like a oh man, it just alludes to the family just kind of being uh, you know low class, uh, and the dad is just the lowest of of any species. class. Yeah, he's <laughs> just the worst. Um, and it just kind of sets up for you, like you know, after he slaps her in the face, she says like, "Yep, it's just another uh, episode of Father Knows Father Best knows in the Stroh yeah. House." You know, and it just alludes to like this guy's just. Every single day, this guy's a piece of shit. This wasn't... It's not like he just hates Halloween. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's my second bad dad. All right. Good pick. So, my second... Uh, again, this is a fringe. Actually, Brittany came at me hot this morning when I was telling her my good and bad dads. She said, that's not a bad dad. That's a good dad. But my second bad dad is from the Amityville Horror, 1979. Mm. Um... So, Stuart Rosenberg directed this film, 1979. Uh, our character is George Lutz, played by James Broland. Um, love this movie. I actually saw the... Love this movie. I think I saw the remake first. Actually, the 2005 remake. Before the original. I really? Think, I think I may have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this one came to me late, but I'm glad it came to me when it did, because I have a great... Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't matter when they come to you. <coughs> yeah. You know? Great relationship with this movie. So, um, you know, they're newlyweds. He marries into the family. She already has um, a few kids, uh, which, you know, has to be tough. They don't have a ton of money. They move into a large house, which seems to be super under market value, considering where it is and how large it is. And then they find that there was a mass murder that was committed. So they're now in this house where this mass murder occurred, and there are these manifestations that kind of are trying to, it appears, drive them away or drive them crazy or influence them in yep. some way. So, great movie. Um, super, super well acted, I think, by everybody. Margot Kidder's in it. She's, uh, you know, same oh, from... so beautiful in this movie, too. Black Christmas. Um, oh, yeah, that scene where she's, like, putting that contact paper on, and then they, like, go outside, and they're just, like... She's like, you want to go outside and drink a couple beers or whatever? Frolicking. It's like, just so... Yeah. It's, it's just great. Uh, but notable scenes from this movie for me, um, <laughs> the color of his face in that scene where the, uh, the caterer, like the f- 1500 bucks or something goes missing and the kid's getting married and he's like, I had it, I, I had it right here. Like, and he, like he's punched to the couch and, uh, he, he's like, I'll pay for it. That kind of thing. And then he has that like altercation with the caterer and he's like real gruff with him. But that's, like, off-site, so the house is influencing this guy to the point where he is becoming, like, even out of the house, like, not in good shape. But the color of James Brown's face in that scene is alarming. He's gray and sweaty and terrifying to look at. Um, So that was always impactful for me. Uh, Then there's so many famous scenes from this movie, like when the priest comes... Uh, the the flies in the room and the voice does the get out thing. Yeah, um, that's great great scene. Uh, the kids uh, when they're playing upstairs and he's, <laughs> the kids like teasing his sister. He puts the uh, fishing uh, wire down with the spider in her hair, and then the window shuts on his hands and they can't get it up and they can't get it open. Uh, that was always, you know, watching this as a kid, I kind of was like, oh, that's that's a cool freaky scene but as a parent you watch that too and you're like oh wow like what, sure what do you do yeah. yeah 
nail those shits shut. Um, and then the little the little girl, Kathy, when she sees the eyes in the window, like they they refer to them as the swine eyes, I think, which are like the the demonic pig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was always kind of quirky and fun. Um, but that whole relationship with the little girl, um, who has like a friendship with the invisible girl Jody, uh, and when she says like Jody doesn't like George, that quote was always real freaky to me. And then in the remake, the 2005, which I think was really well done, um, it's not an invisible person; it's an actual manifestation that only a little girl can see. Right. And that character is terrifying, and. And great, uh, but I do want to make mention of one one thing. So this was an indie film, independent film, uh, and it grossed eighty million bucks, which is it's amazing. A ton. That's a ton, ton, ton. Um, it's not any anything like Halloween necessarily, but it's it's high. Um, oh, but I can't imagine that movie had a you know a super large budget. Probably less no. than a million for back then. I, yeah, I, I, I got to look, but I know that it wasn't a ton. All right, so I just checked. It was actually like four and a half million that it, uh, that it cost to produce. So that was the budget. Still great yeah. profit. Yep. Yeah. All right, so that's good. So heading into Good Dads. All right, I'm going to do uh, 2018's A Quiet Place. John Krasinski from The Office. Uh, he's great in this one. Uh, yeah. Plays Lee Abbott, a father of a family going through uh, a post post apocalyptic. Yeah, it does. excuse me there. Post apocalyptic universe. I think the movie starts about uh, forty five days after the uh, apocalypse has started, which we find out is because of these alien like creatures uh, that kill based on sound. So the movie is just. <clears throat> this movie's incredible. Um, there's almost no sound coming from... You know, very rarely do you have talking, um, dialogue, sound, you know, score. And when you that makes the score so much more memorable when you do When it, it does happen, yeah. yeah. It's a great Which movie. It was done by Marco Bellatrami, by the way, who also did Scream. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, he did, you know, countless others. But yeah. for us in this universe, that's the one that st- uh, sticks out. But, um, you know, the whole, <clears throat> we cut after, there's a scene in the beginning there that's just uh, horrific that I don't want to spoil in case you haven't seen it, uh, but then we take place about a year later, uh, you find out his wife's pregnant, he's doing everything he can to keep his family safe at this farm that they live on, which is amazing, it looks like something out of The Walking Dead. Yeah. I love this farm with the lights all hooked up. Um, but what he does to protect his family um is just it sticks out to me because i feel like i would do the same for my family uh just everything that he does you know he's got the deaf daughter um and she's deaf in real life the actress is yeah Uh, but he's building different types of hearing aids uh he's really trying to find a hearing aid that'll work for her um which turns out to be what kills these monsters not kills them but it's their weakness right um it it, the frequency kind of uh jacks with their ears but you know, he's protecting his pregnant wife. He's protecting his two kids that he um, currently has. And he is just, you know, he's trying to, he's kind of a little bit hard on the son. He's trying to teach him 
uh, what he needs to do to survive because he knows he's probably not going to be here forever. Yeah, I do feel like he his John, the John Krasinski character is super transformative, and like you can look and he has like an arc. You look and you're like, oh, oh he, he learned something arc, through yeah. this, and I, and he wants to pass it along to the kids. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to. Uh, you know, he's a little bit. Um, I don't know that he blames the daughter for what happened early on, but he's a little bit more uh, traditional gender roles with his kids. You know, he wants yeah. the daughter to stay with the wife. Uh, he wants the son to learn the ways of the land, um, the different things that he needs to do to survive. Uh, but, you know, it comes to uh, the climax at the end there is so incredibly sad. This movie's heart-wrenching in every way, especially at the end. Yeah. You know, it starts you off with a bang, and then by the end we are... We're totally invested in these characters, and it, it this movie keeps you on edge the entire time, by the way. Uh, man, I just Great watched movie. it again last night. It's incredible. Uh, but the end when he... Uh, the kids are in the car, um, and it, a little bit spoiler, uh, a little bit of a spoiler here, but he's just about to uh, just about to die, and he does he signs to the kids, uh, "I love you, I have always loved you," Ugh. and it is just like so that's your memorable crushing, quote, man. I guess. Yeah, that, that's it for me. That's the one. That's the scene and the quote that sticks out stick out the most to me, uh, because I just I can't imagine being a dad in that situation and what I would say. No, and I feel like that's exactly what I would say. I love you. I've always loved you. You know, that's it. Yep. Well, that's I'm, a great I've, pick. I've left you with what, you know, what I know. And what and, I think uh, are the tools that you need. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And the way that movie ends, um, once you find out about the hearing aid and the, the mother with the shotgun there. Yeah, It yeah. ends just with the shotgun cocking. Like, amazing. Yeah, super well done. Love John Krasinski. Love The Office. Love him. Um, Can't wait for that second one. And too. Emily Blunt is fantastic in that. Yeah. Yeah, Cillian Murphy's going to be in that second one. I would. My wife will be pleased. Oh yeah, we were just talking about him yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I was like, wait, did you know? Never, <laughs> right. never mind. All right, so I'm going uh, Good Dad for me with my number two Good Dad is the father from Jaws. Bump 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 bump. Yeah, amazing. 1975, directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. Um, his, this character, Roy Schneider. As uh, Brody is, is fantastic. So this this movie, if you've not seen it, which would be an unbelievable thing. Um, yeah, don't worry about spoilers on this one. If you haven't seen it, you missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Good night. <laughs> so Killer Shark, you know, unleashing chaos on a, I guess, a, a, you know, beautiful little beach community, a New England beach community. Oh, idyllic for sure. Yeah, so it's it's up to this, uh, this character here that I'm referring to. Uh, of, of Brody as local sheriff to, um, you know, enlist the help of others, marine biologist, and an old, crusty sea urchin man, uh, to hunt the uh, to hunt the shark down. So, uh, f- fantastic movie. This is like the Fourth of July film to watch as a horror lover. Oh, I could watch it every day in the summer. Oh God, uh, just it's great to have on. I remember as a kid um, going to my uncle's house in Jersey. Uh, he lived not far from the shore, and every every summer we'd go there, we would just watch the hell out of this movie over and over and over and over again. Uh, he loved it so much and super impactful uh, growing up. So um, great, great movie. He's a great father, and you know the other really neat thing about his character is not only is he a father, but he's the sheriff of a town, so he's got all these other responsibilities to weigh, all these other people that he feels a sense of duty to. 
So it's just really cool to see his character. He's sort of like Rick from The Walking Dead in the sense that he's got this deep level of compassion for a lot of people. Still a good dad in the in the process, so he's he's a cool uh, character. Um, but that dinner table scene where he's sitting there with his son and he goes to take a drink and the boy like goes to mimic him uh, and they just have that, that back and forth and then he asks his son for a kiss. Like It's just a honest, sweet little moment. I always, always love that. And then when Hooper comes couple minutes later knocking on the door and they're sitting there drinking wine it's like oh get me in that scene like i, I want to be no, there i want to be on the couch with those guys yep yeah it's great and then obviously the the boy on the raft scene the one that is is grotesque i think this movie's yeah. rated pg right am i i, I think it's pg because i don't think pg 13 was a thing uh at this point in time oh that's right that was back in those days yeah, yeah. um but that scene is what could have pushed this movie to uh a deeper rating but great scene when the boy's out on the raft and uh there's quite a bit of blood but it's scary and it just shows as a father at a beach like that's how i feel when i'm at the beach with my kids i'm looking around and i'm always oh, searching super for stuff. vigilant yeah. yeah um quotes i mean there are a zillion here's the swimming with bow-legged women you're gonna need a bigger boat like yeah i mean yeah. i i can't even do justice to them by trying to impersonate them so we'll just settle with the fact that there are a ton of wonderful ones so that's my number two good dad great pick man great dad all right james last bad dad who do you have all right i have 1984's the mutilator Oof. maybe the worst dad on this list <laughs> good um, movie <laughs> big ed is his name um this movie is unbelievable the fall break it, Isn't that yeah, so yeah. originally titled Fall Break. And the theme song to the movie is, is Fall still, Break. They didn't change it. No. As they should not have. Uh, oh my god, do I love that song. Um, but anyways, the movie is terrible. It's a shitty movie. Um, it's 80s trash, essentially. 80s B-movie schlock. Yeah. Um, it's essentially just uh, about this kid who... <clears throat> this kid who... Oh, man this beginning scene when he shoots his mother Ugh. so he's cleaning guns for his father on his birthday yeah dad I love you he's gonna that, clean your Ugh. he leaves yeah. that note on the uh, leaves a note on the gun cabinet that says uh, your gun's clean by me right happy birthday daddy all cleaned by me yeah so he's cleaning his last gun I assume uh, which is uh something you shouldn't be doing in the house i guess with your mother right in the next room uh so he shoots his mother square in the back uh kills her the dad comes in first thing he does is uh takes the mother into the back room there drinks some whiskey yep gives her a little sip of whiskey right yeah uh chases the son out so we see it like 20 years later 18 years later Mm -hmm. i don't know the kid was probably five or six when this happened seven or eight maybe give or take uh, so we cut back into him and his friends in the uh, the local watering hole, the local pub, and man, the acting is so terrible in this movie. Uh, so he gets a call from his dad at the bar. I don't know how his dad knows he's at the bar. Uh, requests him to come and clean up the uh, <clears throat> or close up the local or the beach house that he has uh, for the winter because it's clearly fall. And the kids are all on fall break. 
Fall uh, break. They, they don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, they you know they don't have a vacation planned, so they're just kind of sitting around like uh, shooting the shit. Like, what should we do during fall break? The dad happens to call, go clean up this, uh, go get the beach house closed up for the winter. They all decide, hey, let's go help. And that one It'll friend's be, like a we'll shitty, shitty version of oh, Shelly. Ralph. He's just yeah, like, yeah just a shit bag, From right? Friday thirteenth. Uh, so they go to the beach house, and this beach house is like it's it's for some reason the door is ajar when they get there. Uh, it looks like, you know, like... It looks like it's been ransacked. Like they're party. like, hey, should we call the cops? Yeah, yeah and little Ed, Ed Jr., is uh, just, nah. No, it's probably just my dad and his pals with one of their drinking parties. I don't know how many drinking parties that the dad has, but for some reason it's a common thing. Right. <laughs> um, so, long story short, we find out that the dad is just a psychopath and ready to kill his son, uh, I assume, for what he had done and the... The friends being along for the ride just kind of uh, is a bonus for the dad, who's just on this, you know, murderous uh, haze. So he just hides out underneath the house yep. in the garage the whole time, just waiting and for people to come one by one that he can kill with his... Variety of different weapons. Yeah. The tagline is, by sword, by pick, by axe, by bye. And the yeah. interesting thing is they show every single one of these weapons in, like, the first 15 minutes. It, it, they kind of allude to the different deaths. Um, yeah. <laughs> the foreshadowing is is heavy in this one. Just this this movie is just so enjoyable. As somebody who it's loves fun and I love yeah, I just it's slasher, everything you yeah. want in horror. Yeah, I love slashers is my favorite horror genre, and this just touches on all of the different tropes for me. Um, Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Oh my god, yeah. absolutely! And the Arrow, uh, the Blu-ray, Arrow release, it's great, just beautiful. And never have you seen the effects are all so good and so amazing yeah all practical um, effects and and this blu-ray you, you they've never been more beautiful right um but the fish hook scene when he kills linda yeah that's the I one i think it was linda yeah um uh, he goes through the crotch <coughs> up through her stomach and it's like oh my god it's i grotesque. don't have a vagina but i swear to god i can feel that in my um in your navel yeah in my soul. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that scene is just like so graphic. I don't know how this made it through any, uh, any, MP, you know, MPA yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, but <laughs> maybe they just thought nobody would watch this film, which I don't know that anyone did um, until this Blu ray release, right? But holy shit, is this movie great? Definitely worth a watch. And definitely a bad dad. All right, my last bad dad is a, is a popular one. Uh, so I'm going with The Shining. Uh, 1980, Stanley Kubrick uh, directed. Uh, Jack Torrance played by the Jack Nicholson. Um, so, you know, he's a former teacher, former writer that uh, takes place. Sorry, we have our Halloween cat in the back here, uh, meowing. Um, former teacher, former writer takes takes his family up to essentially. Uh, look over and, and ground keep for this hotel over the off season. Um, and then he gets very violent and angry and insane. Uh, but heading into it, uh, there was an allusion to the fact that the the former care, caretaker kind of went stir crazy and, he, you know, assures, hey, this won't happen to me. I'll, that won't be me. That won't be our family. We won't get cabin fever. Uh, so this movie, I mean... This this movie I have a strange relationship with. I I've never been a huge huge Kubrick fan. Uh, not real big on Clockwork Orange, and I think because of that I was 
kind of always turned off by this movie and I've just grown to really love it. Like it's beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Um, it's not all that much like the book. Uh, you know, there are definitely some commonalities, but it takes its own path. Um, so it's, well, it's, it's widely good. known that, uh, yeah. Stephen King is not pleased with his adaptation. Yeah. Kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, well for a long time, I liked the version of, uh, the guy from wings that made for TV version. <laughs> Steven Weber. Yeah. I oh, always, that's an amazing version. I always liked that just because I adhered more to the book, and I love the book. But um, this great film. Just great in general. Uh, so scenes that I, I think are... Jack Nicholas just is... I, Jack Nicholas... I mean, and it's like when you think of... He's absurdly talented and insane, and... Yeah, you, you I know, say you Jack Nicholas, I obviously must be watching golf in the back i meant jack nicholson never will i learn it i had to write it down it just says nicholson on this piece of paper that's the only thing on it jack uh, nicholas he's great at putting uh really great at chipping no <laughs> so but when when the wife wendy comes to the typewriter and finds that he's been supposedly working on a book the entire time and it's just one sentence that's repeated over and over again in different formats I think of being that human being and finding that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Terrifying. I would. You know, it's hard to change your underwear, bud, because so you're shitting. To, uh, remember the the first feeling that you had when you watched some of these scenes, but that's one of those scenes. Like the first time I saw it was actual dread. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just dread because the whole thing is uneasy and. But you know, like shit's fucked up now yeah and she knows it too and that's why you know like the look on her face when she sees that is it's perfect and the pace of this movie is it's slow and deliberate i would say and like all the filler of the the of danny riding the, the bike around the place like that happens at intervals and at places where it's just like that's just you feel like oh my god this is just you're living this repetitive day in day out thing in this frozen tundra of like your isolated castle that you're stuck in and just him riding around it's just this like very honest glimpse right into oh this is their life this is their lifestyle and the shit he encounters is terrifying the the twins um the apparition of like the blood coming out of the elevator i know that that plays a uh uh a role in several different scenes but really love the the entire thing in this film but he he is the worst dad tries to kill uh both his wife and his son um i mean he becomes a monster yeah just transitions into a monster it's terrifying um and the the videos of him like hyping himself up before that scene is filmed are pretty pretty cool to watch the act oh yeah those are awesome here's johnny scene yeah um one goes right into it it's just like yeah 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 it's crazy one thing i did want to mention is the room 237 scene when he goes in and he's like kissing the woman and turns into that yeah it's grotesque like one of those scenes like inflated, as a child you're like oh yeah yeah but oh. so oh. yeah that's yeah. that's the escalation <laughs> oh. of it oh. but the mrs brumfield character and the faculty i know we talked about that uh, yeah that's like in the the original the og mrs brumfield so love that scene um but one quote i want to mention is when when danny says as Danny, but is really, you know, having his body possessed to an extent. And he says, Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. He says it to his mom. Like, if my kid said that to me, uh, 
It's like I'm setting them outside. I'll be right back. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to go sleep in the basement tonight. Uh, You're sleeping outside, kid. Great film. Very intense. Uh, love it. Yeah, great choice. All right, so our last good dad. Terrible dad. So we're going we're gonna to cohabitate here. So this actually jives with um, a movie Jamie and I had not seen up until we started researching Very for this recently, episode. Yeah. Um, so both of our, our last good dads are from The Train to Busan. Great movie. Good pick. You, uh, you were Amazing who film. brought this to me. Yeah. This is streaming on Shudder. Yep. Um, I'm assuming a lot of people haven't seen it simply because it's foreign. Um, if you're held back by foreign films at all... Don't be on uh, yeah, this. Yeah, I would recommend... Yeah. This is like, the, start, make the jump. Yeah. Start trying to watch more horror, uh, more foreign horror films because you're missing out on some absolute gems if you don't. And this is one of them. Right? So, 2016? Um, yes, sir. South Korean film directed by Song Ho Yeon. Um, great movie. This is a post-apocalyptic, you know, zombie film of sorts. So there's a very fierce intensity. Well, we're like there for the beginning of. We're like right in there. Yeah. For the apocalypse. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. This is apocalyptic. Yeah. Not right, post. Right. Yeah. Um, but these movies always really have the ability to create a quick lens into the the human psyche and like. It shows true colors of humankind because when you, all these people are put in these precarious situations where it's like, hey, you got to make really hard decisions on the fly and do what's natural. So that really shows people for who they are. So I think that we encountered two very interesting dads on this journey. So Jamie, you want to talk about yours first? So both dads are great in this movie. This movie is two amazing dads. One is a dad to be, one is the current dad. But the dad I'm going to cover is Siok Wu. Who uh, starts a film? He is a uh, he fund manager. Yeah. yeah, he's a fund manager. Yep. Uh, he's got a daughter. He just works a little bit too hard and it kind of neglects his daughter. Him and his wife are separated. I assume. I don't think they're divorced yet. Um, so he kind of lives with his mother. His mother kind of takes care of the daughter. And he comes home uh, that first night, uh, the night before her birthday. Realizes he missed her recital, and she's pissed. Uh, Pissed. And then she prepared the song specifically for him. You watch that heartbreaking video where she couldn't finish the recital because her dad wasn't there, and the kids start laughing at her. Um, so the only thing she wants for her birthday is to go see her mother in Busan. Uh, they live in Seoul. Um, so he decides, you know, I'm going to wake up first thing in the morning, take my daughter to see uh, her mother for her birthday. Well, he like initially resists it, and then she's like, "No, this is what yeah, I want." Because I like, have to work. It's, yeah, you know, maybe next week's better. Yep. Uh, you know, he's just a workaholic type of guy. Uh, ne- just you know, the n- typical hardworking, neglecting father. Um, not that that's typical, but that's a thing. It it's, happens. It's yeah. a thing in every culture. So they get on the train. <clears throat> as soon as they get on the train, you know, there's like one woman that sneaks on in. If this woman didn't sneak in, this train probably would have been fine, right? Yeah, and the way it happens too, it's like it's a flash. And it's a if flash. You're, yeah. If you're if you're not looking, you miss it's it. A, it's and a she cool sneaks scene. In by yeah. It. This movie is. It's well shot. It's well. It's cast, amazing. It's well. I was blown away by this movie. I was too. I was super pleased with it. Uh, so he, you know, he gets the daughter on the train. He um. He's still not really too. You know, he falls right asleep. He's not really too concerned with his daughter. It's just yeah, and she wanders off, and he's like napping. Um, like, so on, it, it, it just it reinforces the point that like this guy does care about his daughter, 
but she's clearly on the back burner. And he has a very dramatic, like it, this this whole story is him and his character arc, and he correct. He makes the biggest jump as a character. Yeah, like sleeping on the train doesn't even care his daughter. And he buys yeah. her that Nintendo Wii, and she already had she one already like had that. The Wii. Yeah, that he whole just goes to yeah. Show. Then he develops into you know we don't want to do a total spoiler, but a sense of by martyrdom the end, by the, the end. You, yeah, you would be. You know, by the end, he's the dad I would be. Yeah. Well, he's. I think he's the dad you are right now. But well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. In that situation, I think I would be that dad that he is by the end. Correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great character arc. But along the way, he meets your dad. He meets my dad, who's uh, um, Song Huo, um, played by. That's the character name played by. Um, Dongo, Dongo Sok Ma. You know, you have to just bear yeah. with us here. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know how you're attempting this. I took a couple Italian courses <laughs> in college, so I'm pretty much fluent in Korean. Uh, but yeah, he, so this guy is the comic relief to an extent, I think. Um, oh, certainly. Yeah, he's the po- por- like portlier dad who. I love this guy. You know, his wife is pregnant, so he's going through the extent to to protect her, and he. You know, once all hell breaks loose and they're all trying to get consolidated to one car in the beginning, like he, he's rushing to the door and your dad locks my dad out and there, he's like banging on the window. So finally, like he lets him in and he goes in and he he's like, "Hey asshole, are you gonna apologize to me?" So he, he's he's definitely like the the comic relief and the more bubbly like three dimensional character, I guess. But his arc's limited. He doesn't learn a ton he is just a good guy from start to finish right he doesn't really need to learn much yeah um he just knows there's a sad thing where like he doesn't have the baby name picked i get it might be a cultural thing and then at the end like right before he goes like he yells the name of the baby uh but he's got some cool scenes where he like wraps up his arms to lead the charge of like going through where they're just it's like that the quintessential thing that you would uh, expect to see from a film from this part of the world, you're like, oh, this is like borderline. It's not um, kung fu, but it's like borderline. Uh, they like the fight sequence. Yeah, that breaks it's out like there. a fight yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah, that's an amazing cool scene. scene. Um, I always love the uh, the interplay between the two dads. How they kind of, you know, uh, your dad, the dad to be, kind of uh, takes on the father father role to um, my dad's daughter. Yeah. At some point, when he has the phone number and he's he's calling his daughter, your dad's calling his daughter, and she's not answering, and then he like turns around and and my dad's on the phone with her already. Oh and he's right, like, right, what right. The yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after your dad, uh, after his demise, uh, my dad kind of takes on the father role of you know the the mother who is pregnant. Yeah. You know, it's like he's now protecting her child as well, and I love that. I love how it becomes. Now I'm, you know, my dad instincts kick in. I'm going to be an amazing dad to my daughter, and I'm also going to be, you know, my friend, my newfound friend here yeah. who has saved my life and my daughter's life along the way numerous times. Yeah, they now learn I'm from gonna, each other, yeah. Yep. I'll take on that role, you know, yep. as long as I need to for you. Yeah. I um, mean, I love that. And the zombies in this movie are... Terrifying. They're fast. This isn't and, your typical yeah. George Romero zombie, right? It's you know almost like that. Twenty eight days later, this is where you see the fast, and they're piling on top of each other, and, and you know, just and like carnal, intense, right, erratic, just insane. Yeah, and you're in this setting, you're in this claustrophobic, uh, train type setting, uh, yep. which leads to almost like a class system. 
It does. Uh, yeah. You know, this this movie takes on a very like classist um that the bad guy is such a class. shit. He's the guy that you're like, oh, you own the largest oil company He's in the world. The That's how you feel about COO, him. Yeah. Correct. And he Ugh. is. It, so it starts off with him being a shit bag right away. Little do you know that it's going to take you to the end of the movie that this shit bag is going to just be lingering <laughs> and making this shit worse for everybody. Um, and it almost, if you want to look at it from a corporate or from a uh, a class system. Which South Korea is very big on class, um, and they're very big on you know the different steps. Like you're poor, you're rich, you're wealthy. Yeah. Um, they're very big on that. Classism, so, yeah. Yeah, and this guy is very—he's almost like the corporate greed throughout the movie. You and know? Th- so the end when they go through all this shit, the, they're crawling on top of the luggage rack, and it's so tense and intense, and it's what that's great scene. So they finally make it back. They have everybody intact. Got the whole unit, limited casualties, great home stretch. We have to get to the front head of the car, and then they go and they're trying to get in. And this corporate greed prick has like everyone rally. He's rallied the troops. Yeah, he's like, not everyone, doing shit. He's not he's doing anything. Everyone else do it. But they like tie a bed sheet to like keep the door shut. At oh. that moment, I said to myself, like, I would rather die than be one of these pieces of shit in this car. And it's odd you say that because that to, woman right. <laughs> has the same position. It's funny because you can tell yeah. we're excited about this movie uh, because it's just so good. It's something I haven't seen in a while. You know, you get zombie fatigue. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, God, another zombie movie. Yep. Uh, but this is this absolutely is worth watching. Yeah. This is very good. Um, all right. Train to so many moral, So many moral quandaries in this movie. Like, would I do this? Uh, you know, would I be this guy or would I be that guy? And... Um, if you say you would be that corporate greed guy, then just fuck off. I have no interest. It's in also you. interesting and easy to say you would be one guy, and then <laughs> right, the yeah, no, that's the other thing is would would. It's easy for me to sit here and say I'd be this guy. And very topical right now because of the coronavirus, like <laughs> yeah. And I just recently yeah. traveled and like I saw people that were that corporate greed guy. Get out of my planes. train car, bud! You yeah. fucker. And it's like. God, I mean, if we're going to get the coronavirus, we're all going to get it, right? And certain people are like, nope, you're going to get it, and you're going to die, peasant. I will not. Yeah. All right. Trade of Busan, fantastic. Let's wrap up with a fun game. I've got questions for you, James. Cool. So, Jamie, of the dads we discussed, which dad would you want to take you camping? We didn't discuss these in advance, so this is rapid fire round. No, these are on the spot. Rapid fire Let's see. Camping. I'm going to say... Hmm, uh, that's a good one. James Brolin's not taking you with that beard? He knows he how to chop wood. He does know how to chop wood. You know what? I'm going to take him. Yeah, he you can should. chop a mean wood. Yeah. <laughs> he can chop a mean wood. <laughs> All right, you got one for yeah, me? That's my pick, yeah. Well, I didn't prepare any questions, but yeah, I'll give well, you one. Zingy Which one. dad would you most want to take you to the prom like drop the me drive off. you and your date to the prom oh, yeah. okay. like you have to like deal with this guy driving you to dinner driving you to you know uh, I, uh, yep i'll go with the dad from uh from insidious i feel like for he, what reason because i feel like it. he would he's a teacher and he'd be respectful like oh make sure you have fun but not too much fun but like make sure you have fun so like i feel like he'd be good i would have said stepfather on that one. Oh. Because <laughs> don't be raping any daughters. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who who do you want to lead you 
through the zombie apocalypse. You can't pick anyone from Train to Busan. Of the other dads, who do you want to lead you through the zombie apocalypse? Oh, it's Father Meeks from Frailty. That's who's... He's got, oh, he's got yeah. his axe, he's got yeah, Otis, he's pick. ready to go. That's a good pick. All don't, right. Don't waste time touching him, Dad. Just hack away. <laughs> yeah, don't... Take the gloves there's no off, analysis just here. Yep. <laughs> Get to work. All right. What do you got for me? Okay. Which... <laughs> which dad would you want to take you to your first strip club? Oh, God. First strip this club. That's what dads do, right? 18, let's go, son. Yeah, I'm 32, and I've never been to a strip club, so let me see who I would pick here. Um, Want your father-in-law to take you to your first strip club <laughs> tonight? Uh, ugh. I really don't want to go to one, so I'd probably take John Krasinski, because everyone would be like, get these guys the fuck out of here. Like, that guy's not even talking. He's weird. Get him out. It'd be super yeah. great. He would just be sign-languaging to everybody. Exactly. All right, I got another one. All right. Bring your father to work day. Who are you taking? <laughs> um, I mean, Dr. Lewis Creed. I was going to say, yeah, Dr. Creed Lewis has Creed a good me, career. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to cover up a crime, who's the dad you call? Huh. Well, I'm going to say Jack Torrance. I, I don't mean, know that I even really have a good explanation, but he just seems like the dad I'd call. He'd get he he'd get it done. I'll tell you that. He's gonna be angry about it. Yeah, he'll bring his axe and cover yeah. cover it right up. Like he's gonna tell you he's pissed about this, but. All right, this was a fun episode. Um, so we've got some exciting stuff upcoming. We have a few uh, guest contributors that we've we've lined up. Um, so we don't want to spoil too much, but again, follow us on Instagram at horror dads. And if you have any feedback, you want to contribute via email or topics you want to see covered horror dads at gmail.com. Feel free to uh, reach out to us via email. Um, we'll have a, another episode in the next couple of weeks. Anything else, James? Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank we you. Love you. We love you. We'll see you next time.